This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. Good to be with you again. Yes. Our last one-on-one episode, I guess you could call it, for 2019. Absolutely. This is our 2019 yearly wrap episode. It is the start of December, so we're leaving ourselves yeah, yeah, we need a, a bit holiday. short. But yeah, <laughs> we've got a few awesome interviews coming up over the next few weeks. Yes. And a couple of episodes around valuation that have been hot asked for from the community. So we thought we'd finish the year with that, but we can't go out without doubling back on the bold predictions that we made at yes, the start of yes. 2019. <laughs> it has been an eventful year and it's worth us tying a bow on some of these things and closing out the year. So for people who are confused about why we are closing out the year and then continue to release episodes, it's just the nature of the scheduling and when we could get guests and stuff like that. But Rest assured, it's all intentional. Absolutely. (laughs) So this episode, we will review our bold predictions, see who's come away with uh, who's owing who the beers. I think that's what we bet. Yeah, yeah. I think a beer on everyone. (laughs) A beer beer on each. Luckily, there's a pub next door to the studio, so we can go go there afterwards. (laughs) We will also have a look at our stock picks of the year. Yes. See who won that. Yep. Knowing that there's still a few weeks to go, but we'll probably call it here. I don't know if that's a risk. (laughs) And then we'll close out, Ren, with choosing the 10 stocks that we're going to do a deep dive on over the Christmas break. Now, we reached out to all of our equity mates in the community over the last couple of weeks to get some inspiration for stocks. Now, we had 180 recommendations or requests come in from everyone about stocks that they would like us to have a bit of a look at in some depth and do an episode on. So thank you everyone who did that. What we will be doing is randomly selecting from that list of 180 and we'll go from there. So we'll close out the episode with that. Yeah. So we did what, five last year in our summer series. We're going to double it this year just because there was an overwhelming response in terms of the companies that people asked us to look at. Well, also because we want a longer holiday. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. (laughs) We're going to do uh, 52 weeks of this. (laughs) Uh, But I think I loved doing this content last year. I thought it was rather than asking people what companies we should select, we literally just randomly generated ASX codes and we ended up looking at companies that – We'd never heard of before and mm. it was it was really interesting to do. You got your stock of the year from yeah. this process. Yeah. And I think what we found was that when we released it, people loved that content as well because mm. part of the joy of investing is finding companies doing really interesting things that you didn't know about and potentially finding investment opportunities on the back of it. So 
I'm really excited to do this again and hopefully we do companies that keeps everyone's interest while we're off eating too much and uh, enjoying the summer. Fingers crossed we don't get 10 nickel miners. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have to put some rules around it, but let's get stuck into what was 2019, Ren. We made, what, maybe 10 predictions or thereabouts? Yeah, something like that. So let's well, kick off. Yes. So the way it worked was we basically went one for one and the other person could decide either to take that bet or not take that bet. So we'll just start at the beginning. So I kicked it off. I said the S&P 500 won't fall below the 24th of December low because you got to remember that the end of last year, we had a pretty shocking run in the market. Yeah. And so I said it won't fall below that low until the second half of 2019. Yes. You didn't take that bet, uh, and that was a good call because it never dropped below that December low. No, that was the low. Yes, it's up 33.5% since that December low. Huge run. Yes. So I didn't take that, but then I came in with a bet that kind of contradicted it in some way. I said the S&P will drop another 400 points or roughly 15% by the end of the year, and you did take that bet. I did, and you may be able to say the year's not over yet. But I think... (laughs) Look, let's say for the purposes of this... Unless Trump does something big. (laughs) So, Ren, you did take that bet and you win that bet. It hasn't dropped 400 points or roughly 15% to this day. And yeah, unless something drastic happens, it doesn't look likely that it will. I'm going to book that beer in for me. So that's one beer. So I then went and I said the buy now, pay later sector will have a tough year. Afterpay won't be above its share price at the start of the year by the end of the year. Now, you took that because you love Afterpay. Oh, mate, I I had faith. (laughs) This was a home run for me. Couldn't believe you said it. I know. (laughs) I like to be controversial, um, which will be a theme that I think comes up throughout. But uh, on the 2nd of Jan, uh, Afterpay's share price was $12 and it is now $31.60. Huge year. So you could say I was wrong. You could. You, you, You could say I owe you a beer. Well, yes, that's up 163%. But then to put some context around the buy now, pay later sector as well, Ren, Zip Pay, it started at $1.10 on the 2nd of Jan, a competitor to Afterpay here in Australia. And they're now $3.92, so up 256% as well. Um, we've seen later in this half of the year that some competition's now starting to come into the market a bit broadly, but both of them performing really well. So that's a beer to me. Yes, and luckily, if I'm wrong by uh, an inch or a mile, it's still just one beer. Yes, so, true. Um, it, all, it all just counts as one. <laughs> so then, Ren, another stock that I really love is Disney. I said that well, I made a bet that Disney will outperform the Dow Jones. You didn't take that bet, and that's just as well because the Dow Jones started the year at 23000 who cares about points? points? Just, just yeah. tell us percentages. <laughs> <laughs> it's up year to date 20.15%. Okay, not bad. Disney had a, an amazing year in terms of movie release and I think holds a number of the box office records. They're up 39% this year. So convinci- convincingly beat the Dow Jones and has actually yeah beaten most markets around the world. So just as well, Ren, you didn't take that bet, but- Just as well, I did invest in Disney at the start of the year. (laughs) Yes, I am also a Disney shareholder. And if people are looking for Christmas reading, it's uh, it's getting to that time. Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, 
has released a book about his 15 years as CEO of Disney. Apparently, it's really good. It's definitely on my reading list. Nice. Um, apparently, he, he got advice that he should keep his book to 200 pages. And so, like, these big things, you know, like deciding to acquire Marvel and stuff like that are, like, 10 pages. Damn. So it's pretty short and, short and sharp. He did a lot in 15 years. Unbelievable CEO. How big's the size of the font, though? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, sheds some light on how they justify his $60 million a year salary. Well, I think the 39% share price increase this year is how they justify it. <laughs> so... Moving on from a CEO who can justify a big salary to a CEO that could not, Mm. my next one was about Adam Newman and his company WeWork. So I predicted at the start of 2019 that WeWork is going to be the troubled startup story of the year. And you then questioned how I measure that. And then I said, WeWork will go into administration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the pass mark for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you half a bit. Oh, come on. (laughs) No, I did take this bet. I thought that WeWork would turn out to be a lot more successful. Yeah, well, at the time, it was riding high. Yeah. It was raking in money from yeah. Masayoshi Sun, who was talking about an IPO. Yeah. So then why'd you make this bet? What because... Can you remember what your thinking was? I know there was some commentary at the time about the weird and wonderful dealings that were going on between, That's right. yeah, yeah. between how... the CEO and how he owned some, the yeah, property yeah. and they were leasing back yeah. to the business and all that weird stuff. Yeah, there was that. I've for a while thought that some of these companies are too overvalued that these unicorns are not all they're cracked up to be it's far worse than i probably expected it to be yeah i was a week away from it going into administration i think yeah all right well let's say <laughs> no 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 that was the, that was the you can get get me like a um I'll get you. Uh, zero a zero alcohol beer or something a carton carton <laughs> whatever those carton new zero, ones are yeah. <laughs> fine but good prediction it definitely was the troubled startup story of 2019 yes, yes. Speaking of startups, and we had a couple of big IPOs this year. So I bet that Lyft would outperform Uber in percentage terms. You took this bet. Lucky for you, Ren, I did not come out on the winning side of this. So Uber, well, let's start with Lyft. Lyft is actually down 37.4% since its IPO in March. Yeah. And I think that's it's come back a bit, hasn't it? Because it was down over 50% at one It's stage. come back a little, yeah, yeah. But certainly not the good news story that I'm sure many of its investors were hoping no. for. But then we also had Uber that uh, IPO'd this year. Massive story. It IPO'd a few months after Lyft and it is down 28.9%. So- both rideshare companies suffering losses in their first year on the market, but unfortunately Uber suffering a little less than Lyft. So that's a, another one to you, Ren. Very interested to see how this pans out though over the next few years. So let me ask you this. If you had to invest in one of them now, which one would you be more interested in? Uber. Yeah, same. Yeah. Why? Just because of all the other things that they've got going on Yeah. outside of rideshare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, uh, we move a little away from markets here. We did. These are interesting, these ones. So I was up next and I said there would be no Brexit in 2019 and you took that bet. And whilst we do have an election on, what, the 15th of December or something, I, I think we can put this one in the books. Safe to say we are not going to see a Brexit this year. And I did take that bet, so another one to you, Ren. Yes. Mate, you're going to be pissed after this. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I continued on with the theme that I had in 2018, yeah, yeah, which, which was Trump, and I bet that Trump would be impeached by the end of the year. 
you took the bet. It is certainly to be confirmed whether or not he will be impeached, and there are impeachment proceedings underway against Trump at the moment, but very unlikely that something happens this side of Christmas is my gut feeling. You seem to know a bit more about American politics than I do, Ren. So, well, apparently the House Intelligence Committee is – or whichever the committee that is going to produce a report this side of Christmas and give it to the Senate – I, yeah, you're probably right. It's it's unlikely that anything big happens this side of Christmas. I think if I get half a point for WeWork, though, you'll definitely get half a point for this. I think the timing might be slightly off, but you know he's he's halfway there. We'll, we'll go with half a point, so <laughs> with a, a non-alcoholic beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you continued with the well, Trump theme. It, it just means that you can make this prediction for a third time in <laughs> true, 2020. <laughs> true, hopefully. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you continued with uh, the Trump theme. I did, and I predicted that Trump would get his wall. I took the bet. Now, did he get his wall? Technically speaking, I think to the grandeur that he made it out, no, but I know that there are, you know, construction going yeah, on yeah, and, yeah. And, and whatnot, but it's just completely fallen away from the media now, you know, not, there's no discussion about like, it. We've all seen media of the wall being put up. Yeah. I've just had a quick Google. It looks like... There's a report from September this year saying 65 miles of new border wall has been constructed. But, but I like, mean, that's a drop in the ocean yeah, compared yeah. to the length of the US-Mexico border. <laughs> if, all right, let's have a look. If it's, if it's at least 1%, give it to me. <laughs> 1%. I, I think the US-Mexico border is measured in the thousands of kilometers. I, I imagine so. And I think 65 miles is not really going to give you 1% border coverage. So, 3,145 kilometres or let's call it 2,000 miles. So, So no. It's it's more than 1%. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not giving it to you. Okay, yeah, you don't have to give it to me. That's fine. If people think I should have got that... at Bryce Lesky on... (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. So, back to markets. So at the start of the year, Ren, there was all this chat about value, where it's going, where it's Wait, place so, will be. Sorry, sorry. Do you get a beer for that? I get a beer for yeah, that. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sorry, yeah. Just trying to keep school here. So yeah, at the start of the year, chat about value versus growth and whether whether or not value would outperform growth this year. So my bet was that value does outperform growth and you didn't take it because you were also in agreement that we would see a, a pretty good year for value investors. Now, the way that I've measured this, Ren, is by the performance of two Vanguard ETFs. One is a global value equity 
active managed ETF and the other is a Vanguard Global Growth ETF. I think that's a pretty fair yeah. way to do it. Makes sense. The value ETF is up 14.5% year to date and the growth ETF is up 23% year to date. So based on those, we can say that for the purpose of this, growth has been a better investment yeah. this year. Yeah. We no winners lost. there though. No, except growth investors. Yes. Next one for me was at the start of 2019, we were looking down the barrel of an election and I said that Australia would get a minority government, which you took. ScoMo uh, had his Stephen Bradbury run yep. and uh, won a majority. So you won a beer. That is a beer for me. You and ScoMo have never been more aligned. <laughs> and then to close it out, Ren, of course, we had to have a couple of bets on the footy. So I bet that Essendon will win at least two finals Jeez. this year. I was feeling very confident. How did that go? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the year wasn't what I expected it to be, Ren. So no, I did not win that. <laughs> but... Yes, and then I decided to uh, make a big call on the reigning premiers and made the call that West Coast wouldn't make the eight and they made the eight. Yeah, so <laughs> I win that beer, you win the beer for the Essendon and that's it. So we've got some time off over the Christmas period to have a good think about what our 2020 yes. predictions are going to be and if anything drastic does happen that changes the outcome of any of those, we'll update everyone when we can but I think looking unlikely at this stage. But look, as it stands, it's actually four and a half beers each. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So then we come to the decider, which was the stock <laughs> stock of the year. <laughs> Consider it decided then. <laughs> yeah. Now, if anyone is new to the show and have just tuned in, then this is going to be uh, this is going to be great. You'd have no idea, or potentially no idea, about which stocks we've picked. But if you've been listening to us for a few years now, or even since the start of the year, you would know that Ren is already in a very tough position <laughs> when it comes to his stock of the year. So, do you want to kick it off, Ren? Or sure, sure. So I picked Costa Group, one of Australia's largest horticulture suppliers. They essentially supply a number of fruit and veg to you know the supermarkets and stuff domestically, but then also they export it overseas. The reason I picked them was because they updated the market and gave some weak guidance and the market reacted quite poorly. And so I thought potentially here's a chance for the market to overreact and if I choose it for my stock of the year, it'll rebound. That was one way to think about it. The other, turns out, correct way to think about it would have been, this is a sign of things to come. And that first profit warning was the first of four profit warnings mm. that have come out this year. The share price has dropped 61% year to date or 42% since I picked it. Its earnings have fallen off a cliff and basically dropped over 90%. Now, look, I guess with agricultural companies, there's probably always a distinction to be made between structural issues and cyclical issues. And I think a lot of the problems here are cyclical. Absolutely. They're getting hammered by the drought and the high water prices that result. And then they're also seeing smaller and less lucrative harvests because of the drought. And, you know, there's all these flow on effects. Obviously, bushfires of late haven't helped. It has just been a very tough year to be in agriculture. So I think 2019 has been a bad year for Costa. It's been a bad year to be in Australian agriculture more generally. I still think Costa is an interesting company structurally, but I'm once bitten twice shy, I guess. It has just 
been a shocker of a year. For example, one of their big lines are mushrooms and mushrooms historically have been quite profitable. But this year, mushroom profitability has fallen between 30 and 40%. They're just getting slammed. Yeah. So what's the outlook for 2020? I need to redeem myself in stock of the year. Yeah, but what about for Costa? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> City Group have warned of a tough year ahead, including key lines such as mushrooms, blueberries, and citrus, which are really their main lines. I think they've got five major sort of categories, and there are three of them. Yeah, look, no one knows when the drought is going to let up. No one knows how this summer is going to play out in terms of bushfires in Australia. Uh, there is just so much uncertainty that it's it's almost impossible to mitigate that risk. Maybe there's ways you could trade different commodity futures and hedge your risk that way. But look, at the end of the day, it's just costers for me is a steer clear. The agricultural sector in general yeah. for me is a steer clear. I don't understand it well enough. I'm not a climate scientist or a meteorologist. You just get killed by the weather. Yeah. Without going into too much for agriculture, for me, I think the the side that I like thinking about when it comes to agriculture are the businesses that are leveraging the tech that's now coming into ag because there's a lot of disruption happening in that space. You know, John Deere, those kind of companies. Yeah, exactly. Internet of Things. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's an age old adage: you don't get rich mining for gold. You you get rich selling shovels and picks to gold miners. Mm, mm. I think it's. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think rather than, you know, trying to grow the blueberries and the mushrooms themselves, maybe you sell, you know, in John Deere's case, you sell things like Internet of Things, precision farming. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, you look at someone like New Farm or something like that that sells fertilizer and stuff like that. Look, plenty of people are going to make co- money on costas over the long term. It just wasn't me this year. Yeah. Nice. So down, unfortunately, what, 42%? Yes. Something like that. Yes. Nice. Well, my stock pick of the year was Baby Bunting and it, unlike Costa, has also (laughs) had a couple of announcements over the last year, but all for good reason. As you said at the start of the show, Ren, this was a stock that we came across when we were doing our summer series last year and I loved it primarily because, well, I think we both really thought it was a great opportunity. At the time, a lot of the competitors in this space, so they're a a provider of all things baby equipment and, and needs. And a lot of their competitors had gone out of business. So it left them in a position to really capitalize on the market and solidify their position as the number one provider for baby accessories and whatnot, which they have managed to do, Ren. Year to date, their stock price is up 49.1%. So by far and away has beat market return and you know phenomenal results for shareholders. Market cap is just under 500 billion now. So uh, sorry, 500 billion, 500 million. <laughs> it's the <laughs> for, ap- for, Apple of baby products. <laughs> yeah, 426 million. So it's done incredibly well. And as we spoke about when we did the episode on it right back at the start of the year, they wanted to focus on a few things to really grow this year. And that was penetration and development of their private label, expansion of their network to increase market share, and also really focus on online sales. And those three things they managed to execute really well this year. The gross margin has improved from their private label. For those that aren't in retail, private label, you generally get much better margins than when you're working with other branded suppliers. And so they want to increase their their private label over the next few years. They opened six new stores. So they now have a total of 
53 and their priority this year was to open stores in quite sort of high profile areas which they've managed to do as well so where you know I guess where they can take advantage of maybe higher incomes in those areas and also online growth is just you know going from strength to strength 11% of sales come from online now which is great penetration and they're hoping to really improve that over the next few years so from their point of view they've acknowledged that retail is sort of tough at the moment a bit tight but they also believe that their market area or, or their sort of uh, industry isn't as affected by changes in economic activity just because everyone keeps having babies. I could say that. Like you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stop spending on your baby. Yeah. You're gonna still get them. You know the fancy car seat and the. Yeah. You know everything. The other thing is, it feels like baby products are one of those sort of categories of retail where you want to go in and you want to touch it, you want to you know, put your baby in it, you want to speak to the salesperson. It feels like a very high-touch sales pitch, kind of like – I'm trying to think of another good example. Back in the day, I would have said like high-end electronics or something like that, but it feels like a lot of that's going online now. Mm. But still, it feels like one of those things where you want to be reassured by the salesperson that you know this is the best for your baby. And so I feel like – part of it is sort of protected from Amazon in how people want to buy this kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. I couldn't speak from experience. I don't have any Not kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think especially for something that is as precious as a baby, you do want to be making the right decisions. Yeah. So, I mean, look, the counterpoint to that is about six of their competitors went out of business over the last two years. So mm-hmm. yeah. But, but to, to that point, uh, with online growing as fast as it is, perhaps uh, there's a number of products out there that you don't need to do that. So I would be interested to understand what their sales split is. And if you talk about things like car seats and prams and stuff, which mm-hmm. are like the big ticket items, are they the things that people want high touch mm-hmm. uh, involved sales in stores? And then what Baby Bunting find is once they're in their ecosystem with those products, they then buy all the ancillary stuff yeah, you can yeah. buy online. Clothing and because and pieces. if that is the case and if if you can use those big ticket items to get people into your ecosystem and then people are buying it from the Baby Bunting website rather than the Amazon website, that is just a ticket for retail gold. Because you capture them, they'll keep coming back to you for the big high-touch items and then they'll supplement it with your store online. You're laughing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So that's a bit of a wrap. 2019 bold predictions in our two stock of the year again. We'll have to do some thinking over the break to come up with two <laughs> two new stock uh, stock picks of the year, and we're we're hoping to also get a mastermind episode in before Christmas with Julia yes. and uh, maybe get her take on what she might think stock of the year is for twenty twenty. But look, regardless of if we can or can't get her this side of Christmas, she will be around next year as well. Absolutely. Well, we've had some people ask, you know, where is she and. Uh, She's right in the midst of setting up her own funds management funds business. Management, yeah. So not only will she be back next year, but she'll be back and better than ever because she'll be spending all day investing and we're then going to take advantage of that knowledge and <laughs> broadcast it to the internet through this podcast. Yeah. All right, Ren. Well, now for the fun part. Yes. Let's choose our Christmas stock. So as we said at the start of the show, 180 submissions of stocks from Equitymates community have come in. We are going to choose 10. Now, to be transparent on how we are going to do this, we have all of them in an Excel spreadsheet. We are just going to randomize the list 
and we're going to be choosing the number one stock that comes up each time we do a randomization. So 10 random clicks of the button, Ren, we'll choose the number one each time and give a very brief idea of what the company is. Apologies to everyone. We don't have the names of who submitted these. We'd love to give you a shout out, but if it's you, thank you. Let's do it. And I guess the last thing is you flagged the risk around just getting mining companies. Yes. What, what are we going to do here? Should What's the we rules? Say, should we say we each get two vetoes? Two vetoes for mining specific or just two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I like that. Okay, let's give it a try. Two vetoes, but you can't do it in hindsight. Like you can't get to the end of the 10 and go, I want to veto that, I want to veto that. No, 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 it has to be on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, I'm randomizing it now. First company, Dexas, ASX code DXS. Dexas is a real estate investment trust managing high-quality Australian property. Yeah, I like Dexas. Have you heard of, heard of it before, Ren? I think I have. I'm trying to figure out where I have, though. I think they're in the, the ASX 200, if I'm not wrong. Okay. But, uh, well, I think they've got a market. Yeah, definitely. Market cap of $13.4 billion, So they're going to be up there. All right. Well, Dexas is one. We'll highlight that. All right. Next company for our summer special is... Fluence Corp, ASX code FLC. So Fluence Corporation, market cap of 284 million ren, and they are a water treatment company that do what? I think they treat water. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I think they build and maintain uh, water assets. Okay, nice. we'll, We'll learn all about them as we go. Is this veto or no? No, I'm... You're happy with that? What is a critical part of our... Uh, Life. Society. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. That's two. What have we got next? Okay, next one is ASX code ISX. ISX. So we know this one, Ren. This was... I signed this. Was. I, I, still, so, still Sorry, is. <laughs> still is. I did this for our mastermind. But... As much as I pitched it, I'm going to veto this one from my end. Okay. It's in a trading halt. Yep. Has been for about a month now. And for that reason, I think we should do something that we haven't done on the show before. Yeah, 100% agree. Nice. All right. So we've still got eight to go. Yes. All right. So, Ren, for our third company, we have Volpara. VHT is the code and they're a health technologies company specializing in breast cancer tech using AI. There you go. Now, look, it is tempting to use my veto on this if it's a like a biotech company in its first stage clinical trial. And yeah, around since 2009, yeah, yeah. 10 years. Look, I think we do it. Yeah. We've still got a lot of companies to go, so we should keep ripping through it, but... I might be very annoyed that I didn't if if we're just talking about a clinical trial that we have no idea the results of. (laughs) So we've got three, seven to go. Next one, we have Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, A-S-X-P-A-R. This is a tempting one to veto before I even know what the company does. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on this one. Paradigm is an Australian biopharmaceutical company that is focused on repurposing the drug Pentosan All right, for I'm, the treatment of inflammation. I'm going to say I love what they're trying to do, but I don't think they're the right company to do a summer series Full episode. episode. So, so we're going to I'm veto going to that one. Veto, yeah. So we have each have a veto left. All right, next one. So we've still got seven to go. <laughs> Randomizing 
Apen, APX. This is a, a must. Yeah, We're going to do it. It's uh, part of the, the wax technology companies here in Australia. So rock and roll with that one. Yeah. Six to go. Randomize. Avita Medical, another medical company, oh. is a global regenerative medicine company using spray-on skin cell therapy for an array of dermal applications. Let's give it a crack. Yep, let's give it a crack. Sounds interesting. I don't know anything about spray-on skin technologies. <laughs> well, that's what this episode's for. <laughs> yes. So, five to go. Gage Road Brewery. Yeah, this... Okay, so this has been the most... I think the most suggested stock of the 180 people that reached out to us. Nice. I reckon Gage was number one. So, let's definitely do this one. Lock and load with that. So, Ren, four to go, another random click, and we've got Rectifier Technologies. I think they're engaged in, looks like, power supply units of some description. So, we know nothing about that. Do we want to give it a crack? Let's do it. It looks like they're in batteries for homes and then also a bunch of industrial applications. So, let's do it. Nice. So, randomize number seven is Goodman Group. Property Group. Let's do it. Yep, Integrated Commercial and Australian Property Group. We do have Dexas, though, which are also involved in property, well, but we're okay. You've, you've got a veto, so yeah. I'm going to you. veto. You're going to veto? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, too closely related to- Fair enough, fair I, enough. I could be wrong, but- Australians do love property, though. That's true. Yeah, potentially, well. there would have been an interesting playoff between a REIT structure and a corporate structure. Fine. No, no, no. Once you veto, no. I think that's- that's a good call. All right. ASX SOL. Sol Patterson's? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not this chemist. No. No, they're uh, like an investment, investment holding company. company. Let's, let's do it. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. So, Ren, we've got two to go. You still hold one veto if you would like. Great. So, we've I've got the power. got AMS is the ASX code. Is a global video technology company that enhances video content creation by producing products that connect to the imaging and computer worlds together. Right. Are we in or out? Look, I think we're in. Okay. Its share price has been on a nice ride this year. So let's see what all the fuss is about. Let's see. Nice. So that was number eight. We've got two to go. The next one is coming in hot and it is NEA Ren, ASX code NEA. Uh, is this near map? Yeah, it, it is. is near map. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. It's a hot stock this year. A uh, mate of ours, <laughs> uh, two mates of ours used to have a big fight about near map v spookfish, two companies that did similar things. Okay. I think near map uh, has probably won. Well, we can bring that out. Now, <laughs> yes. the final one, Ren, is ASX code PPK, which is PPK Group. So, PPK Group does a lot of technology for mining companies and mines. Just because I'm not really interested in doing a bunch of research on mining companies. The veto. I've got a veto. Use it or lose it, as the rugby refs used to say. (laughs) I'm going to use it. (laughs) All right. The final stock coming in is Digital Wine Venture. I like the sound of it. I like the sound of it. Let's Let's, not even look it up. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So to recap on our 10 stocks before we close out for this episode, we've got Digital Wine Venture, Apen, Erectifier Technologies, Dexus, as well as ASX Code, Sol, which was Sol Patterson. Patterson. Uh, We've got Avita Medical, Nearmap, Volpara, Fluence Corp, Gage Brewery and AMS, which I can't remember what that one was, Ren, but 10 very interesting stocks there. 
Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I liked the fact that eleven is- actually we sh- overshot. We said we've got eleven. Oh, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> do we just do eleven? We've got eleven. We'll see how we go when we record them, and <laughs> and we will make an executive decision. Okay, but uh, we've okay. got eleven stocks to choose so from. So that just so. keeps everyone in suspense. Yes. If, the, if one of the eleven was ones that they chose. Absolutely. So let's leave it there, Ren. That's the wrap for the year. It's been an awesome year for us. Obviously, we're not going anywhere, but we've got, as we said, a few interviews and whatnot to wrap up before we go on holidays. So it's been awesome. Thanks for everyone for listening and and continuing to do so. Share the love. Buy some merch. Yes. Equitymates.com forward slash shop. There's some t-shirts available and leave us a review if you can. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. And the biggest thing as we wrap up for the year is... Over the Christmas break, we're going to release Get Started Investing. Absolutely. We want to get it out in front of people just, you know, as they're getting to their New Year's resolutions and they're thinking, you know, I really should get on top of my money this year. Without you guys, we can't make this podcast and would really appreciate your help in driving support for it in that first week or in that first month. So you'll obviously hear more about it when we release it, but make sure you subscribe, make sure you listen, make sure you tell your family at the Christmas party about it. We'd really appreciate your support to get the word out and get it trending and get it as big as possible so more people can get started investing and join us all on this journey. Nice. Love it, Ren. So we'll leave it there. Can't wait to release these interviews that we have coming up. We've got some awesome guests. So always great to chat stocks in 2019 with you and we'll uh, chat next week. Sounds good. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.